Hope you still need it. Hope you still feed. VegCast. Because here comes VegCast 64. VegCast. A full menu from first to last. VegCast. Hey, everybody. It is the second VegCast for May 2009. VegCast 64. And this time out, we are going to be talking to one of the hottest uh, veg personalities and writers and uh, diet experts out there today. And I mean hottest in more ways than one because we're talking about Rip Esselstyn, the vegan fireman who is advocating a plant-strong eating pattern. And uh, if you've heard anything lately, you've heard of Rip. He's out there uh, talking about the Engine 2 diet, which was created to help uh, a fellow fireman who was uh, suffering some ill health effects that uh, did not have to do with uh, the actual task of fighting the fire and breathing the smoke, but it had to do with what he was eating. And we'll get into that whole story and uh, the lessons that Rip draws from that. We will also have a science fact about mockingbirds and uh, their previously unknown ability to identify particular humans out of thousands. Uh, we will also, of course, have some music this time out. It is from Moby. That's all going to be coming up, so I invite you to just sit back, relax, and crank up that MP3 player as we deliver the 64th. Bench. Okay, before we get into our feature interview, just another of these follow-ups from a previous VegCast. You may remember Maria Pandolfi, the rat chick from Rat Chick Rat Rescue. Wanted to let any Philadelphia area listeners know that the 7th Annual Fab Rat and Animal Friends Festival will be held June 6th from noon to 4 at the South Philadelphia Older Adult Center, 1430 East Passyunk. Uh, the, there will be all kinds of fun, including the Aratomy Awards, a rat beauty pageant, vegan food, and, of course, it's free admission, so get down there. You might want to adopt a rat, or you might just want to learn more about rats. Uh, meanwhile, it's time to learn more about the Engine 2 diet with Rip Esselstyn. Okay, right now on VegCast, we are very happy to be joined by Rip Esselstyn, the author of The Engine 2 Diet Rip. Uh, hello, and welcome to VegCast. Hey, thanks for having me, Vance. It's a pleasure to be with you. It's great to talk to you. And uh, first of all, the main title of the book is The Engine 2 Diet. I didn't say the entire title because it goes on for about uh, 50 words or so. <laughs> Do you want to uh, either uh, tell us what that full title is or, and or give us a, a, some insight into the main premise of the book? Yeah, I guess the subtitle is The Texas Firefighter's 28-Day Save-Your-Life Plan That Lowers Cholesterol and Burns Away the Pounds. Okay, great. And, and then we have a little a little burst on the cover that says, Eat More, Lose More, which uh -huh. is one of the great things about eating uh, eating from your the four new food groups, which are, of course, whole grains, fruits, vegetables, and beans, is that because they're primarily low in calories and high in nutrients, you can eat more and... Um, you're not going to be gaining gaining weight and uh, and all the rest of the awful stuff that happens when you eat the uh, standard American diet. Right. Well, now I, I'm sure you're sick and tired of telling this 
same story over and over. If I can uh, just try to uh, hit the high points, you are a firefighter in Austin, Texas, and one of your uh, co-workers there, one of your fellow firefighters, had a, a, a pretty high uh, cholesterol problem, I believe. Is that right? That's exactly right, yeah. The, uh, the Engine 2 diet was born at Station 2 in, in Austin, Texas, when uh, kind of after a routine bet, uh, we discovered that one of my fellow firefighting brothers had a cholesterol at the age of 33 of 344. Right. And, and really no male on the father's side of the family tree had lived past the age of 52, uh, except for his father who had quintuple bypass at 50, at 53. Uh-huh. And so um, he knew that he basically was staring, da- staring down a, uh, a shotgun barrel that was uh, aimed right for his heart. And so literally the next day, we as a, as a group went about um, eating a plant-strong diet to, to save his life. And in three weeks, his cholesterol came down to 196. Well, no, that's great. And I have to, I want to stress, um, you, you, I believe, uh, obviously were the instigator of this as the, the son of Caldwell Esselstyn having some knowledge of what would be helpful to eat. But you actually got all of the other guys there to kind of go along with this in solidarity to help out this, uh, help motivate this one guy. Is that basically? Yeah, we, we bonded together like a, like a troop of committed, <laughs> committed brothers to save, save, a, save a brother's life. And, yeah, there was some serious solidarity there, and that's why we were able to make it, make it work. Um, yeah, you know, these guys, they, they knew about my father's groundbreaking research uh, about not only halting but reversing heart disease, they also knew about my exploits and my success as a world-class triathlete eating a plant-strong diet for 11 years before I joined the fire department. And then they also knew, of course, that I, I had almost every, every record within the fire department when it came to the stress mold stress test and physical agility course. So they knew that you could eat this way and also perform at a very, very high level. And, uh, and, and they'd seen me eating this way, and I tried to set a shining example for years and years. So... So they were sold, and it wasn't really uh, a tough sell, to tell you the truth. Well, that's great. And I, one of the things I saw about this uh, cited a, um, a stat from the New England Journal of Medicine. I wanted to just confirm with you that it said uh, firefighters, actually more firefighters die from heart, heart disease than from uh, fighting fires. Is that Oh, absolutely, that yeah. That, that's, you know, that information is out there from the Centers for Disease Control, you know, the New England Journal of Medicine, um, absolutely. Our number one risk factor of dying on the job is from heart attack. It's not from smoke inhalation. It's not from getting into an accident on the way to the fire scene. It is from, it is from a, heart, a heart attack. And so JR, or this, this, my fellow firefighting brother, right. had this high cholesterol. He, he all of a sudden was not only a liability to himself, but to the company, to the public. And, um, you know, and so I'm really just so thankful that that everyone decided to do something about it well that's great i'm sure they're thankful there too and i I have to say people you know your fellow firefighters seeing you performing and seeing knowing your athletic history um i'm sure it was a little easier for them to overcome what what is kind of the standard attitude about eating plant foods that you know it's for these uh wispy wimpy vegetarians and all this that uh Kind of yeah. effeminate and all that, but are are you uh, you know are are you kind of converting people one one at a time as you go out on this tour? No, 
not one at a time, dozens at a time. Well, man. yeah. Come on now. No, um, listen, this eating plant strong, it is cool, it's sexy, it's hip, and it is time relevant. There's never been a better time to, uh, for people to start, you know, getting buckets and everybody forming a big bucket brigade and for people to start eating buckets of whole grains, fruits, vegetables, and beans. And we need to, we need to for once and for all, start making, uh, making some progress and some headway into this astronomical health care crisis that's tearing this, this nation at the seams. And it starts with everyone just eating a much more plant-strong diet. And that is really the simple message and crusade that I'm on. Vance is just to, to push, uh, push this message of more of these um, amazing plant-strong foods that are out there. And we can literally overnight, we can abolish heart disease, type 2 diabetes, prostate cancer, breast cancer, and, uh, and obesity. And it's that, that, it's that, that simple. Right. And obviously, uh, we want to be sure to, to highlight that uh, your father is uh, probably uh, one of the, the handful of pioneers in this whole area that's uh, made this connection but um, getting into the specifics now uh, since a lot of our listeners come at vegetarianism or veganism from a health perspective but a lot others are from a, uh, a more ethical or moral perspective um, I have to say that those of us that are see the health aspect as more of a side benefit of uh, you know trying to avoid eating animals um, there are some of us that just we can't get our head around this no oil thing. How can you tell us not to eat oil? <laughs> well, Vance, I think it's really, really easy. Um, I mean, now, if you're doing this, if you're eating this way as a, as a side benefit for uh-huh. health, then, um, then, you know, maybe you're not going to be as interested in the, in the oil. But with an America right now that's almost 70% overweight, uh, the last thing we need is empty, nutrient-vacant calories, which is really what, what uh, extracted oils are. They are the most calorie-dense food on the planet at 120 calories per tablespoon. Uh, and, you know, heart-healthy, or what has been billed as heart-healthy olive oil, is 15% artery-clogging saturated fat. And it has absolutely zero nutrient value. You look at the label, and next to vitamin A, calcium, you know, vitamin C, all those, there's a big goose egg next to every one of them. Right. So, you know, I would tell you, I would encourage you, if, you know, if you're doing this for health, drop the extracted oils and find some great substitutes like uh, carrot juice, orange juice, you know, veggie broth. Uh, you can use applesauce in, when you're baking, or you can use uh, some, some great um, egg replacer, replacer um, products like energy egg replacer. So, uh, there's lots of creative ways to get around the oil. And what you'll find, Vance, and this is what I'd like to kind of throw out there for your listener, what you'll find is that after being away from the, the oils for about 28 days, your palate will change, and you will now be oversensitive to those oils. And when you try it again, it'll taste like synthetic goo. <laughs> okay. It will. Well. I mean, we have been hijacked. America's taste buds have been hijacked by by sugar and salt and oils, and we need to take back our, our palate and take back, you know, uh, our taste buds and, and find out what true health tastes like. Right. Well, I mean, I, I have to say, my uh, w- since going vegan, I've noticed my palate already changing. 
Uh, and just the concept of cheese, which when I was just vegetarian and thought I was going to have to give up cheese, it was, I couldn't imagine how I wouldn't be craving cheese. And yet, you know, about a month into it, I, I have no desire for cheese whatsoever. And yet I, I still try, I, I have the same attitude about oil now that I, and I think a lot of <laughs> vegans feel like there's this, this one last comfort food that, you know, we've given up all these other things, but we can still taste, take our veggies and just fry them up in this big fat, uh, you know, puddle of oil and, uh, and kind of have some of what, uh, America, the rest of America is having. So <laughs> how do you get over that psychological factor? I mean, you, you speak very rationally about it, but <laughs> how do you push past our kind of, uh, infantile attachment to it? Well, you know, I think everybody, it's, has to find, uh, something that works for them but you know i have to just keep going back to back to the health aspects and there's just there's just nothing healthy about it and uh, you know um too many americans are just shoveling down this stuff you know three four five six seven days a week like there's like there's no tomorrow mm-hmm. now i am i don't think there's anything wrong wrong with with having it um you know a, a couple times a year as as entertainment mm-hmm. um but the problem is too many Americans, you know, you give, them, you give them an inch and they take a yard and all of a sudden they're doing it two, three times a week and you're not making the changes that you need to at a cellular and a molecular uh, level uh, so you're not getting the, uh, you know, the Western diseases that are so prominent right now. And uh, right. if I can, what I'd like to do is I'd like, I'd like to make an analogy for you, Vance. The, um, like in the fire service, we have what's called the fire tetrahedron. And in order for you to have fire, you need four things to take place. You need oxygen, you need fuel, and you need heat. And then what happens is you get a chain reaction, which gives you fire. And I would like to, the analogy will be with disease. So that just as you have the fire tetrahedron, you also have the Western disease tetrahedron. And by eating animal-based products, which have saturated fat, animal protein, and plaque-promoting dietary cholesterol, you have that chain reaction that gives you obesity, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, uh, you know, Alzheimer's, all those things. So I just wanted to share that with you. Okay, and I guess another aspect uh, is that those of us who are, uh, you know, trying to promote veganism or eating a plant-strong diet from from an ethical perspective, I think it's... uh, we have to kind of see ourselves as ambassadors, and if we're if we're eating this way and we're not getting optimum health to whatever degree we're not doing that, then we're not uh, making the best case for the outside world. And I, I know uh, I'm I've certainly been guilty of that, and uh, I will resolve now to uh, to try some of your your substitutions there. And of course, uh, you've uh, been just about the best ambassador. Uh, for this way of eating that uh, that anyone could hope for, because uh, you know you're out there performing at a very high level, and uh, and then explaining you know it's it's coming from this way of eating. So I got to salute yeah. you for that. That's great. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot. And uh, you know one of the things I like telling people is people always ask me, how did you get a bunch of Texas male firefighters to uh, to eat this way? Because right. you know whether you know it or not, it, the four major food groups of firefighters are pizza, burgers, steak, and then bluebell ice cream or some <laughs> sort of ice cream. And, um, 
And so I said, man, what you do is you feed them pizza, but you make it you make it on a whole grain crust, and you make it cheeseless, and you make it with a great marinara sauce and all kinds of wonderful vegetables. You give them burgers, but you make them tasty veggie burgers with all the great toppings and the relish and the guacamole on a whole grain bun, you know, and and you grill up onions and mushrooms, and so you make it incredibly palatable. And then, like for steak or fajitas, you know, we do a great portobello mushroom fajita on corn tortillas with the with the onions and the bell peppers, um, with a side of black beans and yeah. and, uh, and refried uh, refried uh, beans, and then of course instead of ice cream, we do a we do a great uh, mousses and puddings made from silken tofu with lime juice and and agave nectar and uh, and some lime zest. So it's wow, just, that sounds great. Oh yeah, and it's incredibly <laughs> incredibly easy to make the transition and feel like. You're not actually being deprived. You're not losing out on anything. And if anything, your life is being completely enriched. And you, you all of a sudden you realize, oh my God, I'm not giving up a sacrifice at all. I'm being enriched. And I, and you, you're wondering why was I resisting so hard? Yeah. So it's it's really, and that's why in the book I, I ask people to do this for 28 days. Give it 28 days. And then my bet is you'll be hooked, and and your the way you look at food and your relationship with, with food will be changed for life. All right. Well, we can always hope so. And either way, you're you're getting a lot of that uh, good information to a lot of people out there uh, who are going to at least uh, you know give it a try. And uh, you're opening some some doors for them, and it's up to them not probably to to step on through. One last thing. If, yes, sir. If I could say that we also have a great support website for people that are that are wanting to do the 28-day challenge. And it's the end, uh, I'm sorry, it's engine2academy.com. And uh, there's a, we have a forum. We have downloadable recipes, grocery lists, meals, and, uh, and also exercise videos. So it's, great. it's a great free web support website for yep. the book. And we will uh, be sure to have that link in our show notes. So, uh, Rip Esselstyn, we're out of time now, but uh, that is the Engine 2 Diet. It's from Wellness Central. And uh, i got to thank you again for joining us here on VegCast. Thanks so much. All right, great. Bye-bye.
That is our old friend Moby with Live for Tomorrow from last night. Yeah, he's our old friend. I met him once three years ago, so sure he's an old friend. Sure. But now we're going to turn our attention to the concept of new enemies with our science Our science fact for VegCast 64 is mockingbirds, no bird brains, can recognize a face in a crowd. This is from the University of Florida News. Uh, The research uh, is going to be published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. And the uh, basic concept here is as follows. University of Florida biologists are reporting that mockingbirds recognize and remember people whom the birds perceive as threatening their nests. Uh, They screech, dive bomb, and even sometimes graze the visitors' heads while ignoring other passers-by or nearby strangers. This is the first published research showing that wild animals living in their natural settings recognize individuals of other species. Now, on the University of Florida campus, uh, there are quite a few mockingbirds nesting in trees and shrubs close to the ground. So, for the research, student volunteers walked up to the nests, reached through the foliage, and gently touched the nest's edges, then walked away. The same volunteers repeated the same visits again the next day and again for two more days. On the fifth day, however, different volunteers approached the nests. Uh, On the third and fourth days, in other words, after one threatening action had been repeated once, I'm just uh, clarifying that myself, the birds flushed from their nests more rapidly each time the increasingly familiar students appeared, even though the students took different paths toward the nests on successive days and wore different clothes. The birds also gave more alarm calls and flew more and more aggressively each succeeding day, with some especially defensive birds even grazing intruders' heads. And yet, when different students approached the nests on the fifth day, the birds hardly ruffled their feathers, waiting to flush until the last moment. Now, this is on a campus of 51,000-plus students. So, uh, as they say, it's no stretch to say that thousands of different people come within a few feet of these nests during the uh, breeding season every day. And yet, the mockingbirds in the study were clearly able to recognize and remember a single individual based on just two brief negative encounters at their nest. University of Florida professor of biology, Doug Levy, Uh, says 60 seconds of exposure was all it took for mockingbirds to learn to identify different individuals and pick them out of all other students on campus. Uh, He also said the bird's ability to recognize people suggests perceptual powers that give them an edge in dealing with the complexities of urban environments, such as being able to judge which cats may be aware of nests and which are simply passing blithely nearby. Uh, It ends with uh, Libby saying that uh, we think our experiments reveal an underlying ability of mockingbirds to be incredibly perceptive of everything around them and to respond appropriately when the stakes are high. And I will, uh, I mean, I did a lot of reading of the actual story this time because it's very interesting, and uh, if you can't guess uh, the moral, I won't belabor it, but we'll just repeat again that, uh, you know, the whole bird brain thing birds are smarter than they used to be again once we start looking for something and we develop a way of examining an animal 
uh, it suddenly turns out that the animal has gotten smarter. Of course, the reality is that the animals were already that smart, and we simply had not smartened up to the point of being able to see it. And secondarily, of course, uh, the fact that a mockingbird can recognize a single human face out of 51,000 potential human faces. Just try to imagine yourself looking at 51,000 mockingbirds and uh, picking out the one that had dive-bombed your head or whatever. I gotta say, it sometimes seems like, uh, at least in some ways, those animals are uh, more... Uh, intelligent than us, certainly in terms of being incredibly perceptive of everything around them and being able to respond appropriately when the stakes are high. <laughs> Humans have not uh, distinguished themselves very well in that, although perhaps we just haven't come up with the right test for humans yet to determine that. But when we do, you can be sure that it will be reported right here on the Science and one final note about uh, the social media world. Many regular VegCast listeners can recall uh, when uh, from 2002 to uh, early 2008, I think uh, I was doing a blog called Meat Facts, uh, updating that pretty regularly. I have stopped updating that as I moved to getting uh, brief bursts of information out via Facebook and now via Twitter. Uh, so I want to let everybody know if you're looking for uh, those pearls of uh, wry observation or plain information or snarky provocation, uh, you can now get those mostly, of course, here at VegCast in audio form or also on Twitter, you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash VanceTune. That's V-A-N-C-E-T-U-N-E. And if you're a vegetarian or vegan, uh, be sure to let me know there so that I can follow you and we can all follow each other in the great veggie social media world. Okay, that is going to do it for VegCast 64. We'll be back with VegCast 65 in June. But for now, I want to thank Rip Esselstyn for talking with us about the Engine 2 diet and for just being such a great ambassador for eating plant-strong foods. I want to also thank Moby, of course, for giving us permission to play his music. And I want to thank you. The VegCast listener for downloading and or subscribing to VegCast. Now please get out there and live like you mean it. VegCast.